Welcome to a new episode of One of These Years, our Detroit Lions podcast, and uh, the title we chose for this podcast feels particularly fitting after uh, Sunday. Uh, we got a lot to talk about, the Lions letting one get away in week one against the Chicago Bears. I'm Chris Burke, joined by uh, Nick Baumgartner. Uh, we'll get into that in a second. I just want to say real quick, um, thanks to everyone who's listened uh, subscribed, rated, reviewed us so far. Uh, if you haven't had a chance, we're on Apple Podcasts, uh, Spotify, Google Play, uh, Podbean, a bunch of other spots. So make sure, yeah, make sure you get in there. And uh, we do appreciate the reviews for sure. And those of you who have reached out uh, on Twitter, um, you can get Nick at Nick Baumgartner. I'm at Chris Burke NFL. And Nick, uh, we had a lot of uh, very positive ratings and reviews uh at least on apple last time that i checked uh we had one request for uh for you to bring back angry nick which used to appear on the wolverine uh beat uh back on my life that was the specific request so we might be able to do that after the lions bears game <laughs> yeah so uh obviously the lions um I, I don't I don't I guess I don't know where to start it was 23 to 6 at uh, the fourth quarter Bears uh rip off 21 unanswered down the stretch to win 27 23 DeAndre Swift drops a potential game winning touchdown in the corner and the Lions are somehow find a way to get to 0 one so uh the first week as we said is always kind of wild certainly not a must win coming out of the gate but this one feels like it could linger for a little bit and there's some danger that it kind of spirals pretty quickly here. Yeah. I mean, it just felt like, um, obviously we've seen this before, you know, some more times than anybody can even count. I think it was six blown leads, uh, officially that resulted in losses last year. The seventh was a tie and I believe they blew. I think I went back and looked, I wasn't positive, but I think it was two or three, in Patricia's first season. So that's like you're nearing 10 now, if it's 9 or 10 or somewhere in there, um, of blown fourth quarter leads in less than three seasons. This stuff just keeps happening. They keep finding ways to basically think themselves out of games. Um, and this happened, I mean, and it's never one thing. It's always like 10. It's a, it's a dozen or two dozen paper cuts that add up to, you know, a meltdown in the end, which is more frustrating than anything because, again, like, Chris, for three quarters, I mean, they could have blown the Bears out yesterday. That's that's the that's the takeaway here for a lot of people. It's like they had them basically done after three quarters. I mean, that game didn't need much more to be put for a bow to be put on it, and they just completely left the door hanging open. And now injuries and other things obviously play a factor. But the way that you know the way that they're calling their defense still with the coverage, um, you know, the Bears noted that early in the game they played a lot of zone, and then when things got tight, they went back to man for reasons no one can figure out. With their best corners on the bench hurt, um, if you look up, like I got Tony McRae, you know, and God love Tony McRae at a nice camp, but Tony McRae's not a starting corner. He comes in the game at the end. I think he is on the field for fourteen. Here it is, fourteen coverage reps. He gets targeted five times. He gives up four catches, including a touchdown. I mean, like, that's what's going to happen if you're in man with with your backup corners. And, like, there's just a lot of things that happen, you know, down the stretch in games where, you know, Matt Patricia just seems to revert to decisions that just don't make any sense for what the roster can and can't do in that given moment and situation. And everyone has seen it now so many times. It's just hard. It's hard to keep squaring it all. Yeah. Well, I I mean... 
Adrian Peterson even said in his, uh, just to go back to one of your first points there, said yeah. in his press conference after the game, you know, he had a third and one where he got stuffed. He thought his, his first run, which went for uh, 19, I think, he thought he could have taken to the house. Lions ended up with a fuel there, and he said basically the same thing. I mean, he said, you know, a couple plays like that that we hit on, and we're up by 30, right. and it doesn't matter. And so I think that it is it is bizarre that this keeps happening. I, I sent you a message during the game because we can't sit together uh, at Ford Field, which maybe we can talk about the uh, experience there a little bit. But, um, you know, we're four, four levels apart at Ford Field, so I sent you a message that someone, right. and I can't remember who it was, uh, at, at some point, you know, during that fourth quarter yesterday, tweeted out uh, Matt Patricia is basically the same coach he was week yeah. one when he got here <laughs> as he is right. now in game at least and I think that we've we've seen that yeah you're right and it sort of is the the coverage approach Sunday seems just so counterintuitive to everything you'd think you know we talked about they'd be able to mix and match coverages when we thought it was going to be Okuda Trufant but you know with Trufant Coleman Oral Warrior those safeties, they played a ton of three safeties against the Bears. Um, you know, so they mixed and matched a lot of coverages. Sounded like they played a ton of zone. I, you know, the all twenty two film doesn't come out till Tuesday, yeah. so it makes it a little hard to go back and see some of that. But um, the Bears said they played a lot of zone, and it looked like they played a decent amount. So you kind of go with that. But then you lose. You're already down Okuda. You lose Coleman. You lose uh, Trufant. So you're down to like you said, you're down to McCray. Or a worrier, Daryl Roberts, and that's well. when you go to man, right? <laughs> like, yeah, right. and that's sort of you know you put your worst corners out there and go to man. I think some of that goes back to you know maybe they just don't trust those guys to execute the principles of the zones they want to run. But I, you know, there's a risk reward here certainly when you know Tony McRae, like you said, he had a good camp. I think he's a right. competent slot corner, but. That touchdown, he's one on one on the outside against Anthony Miller, and he, I mean, he covered it pretty well. It's a good yes. throw, it's a good catch. There's not a whole lot you can do, but you know, you're leaving a, your fifth, sixth cornerback out on an island against some talented receivers. Uh, yeah, I mean, I do question uh, just what the, uh, not just what the game plan is, but why it keeps happening. Like you said, this is not a new problem. It's not like it, it's not like something different is happening every time it feels like it's the same talking points every single game that they let a lead get away yeah and I don't I can't I mean nobody can really figure it out obviously because we're not in Matt Patricia's head but that's the thing that you keep coming back to is like it just seems like he overthinks things like he gets into his head almost and feels like you know like you said maybe it is something where you you get down to your you know the bottom of your corner roster and you kept all those guys in camp obviously and you kept them because you knew guys were banged up and you knew you'd probably need them but maybe you weren't totally comfortable with you know them holding their responsibilities in certain zone situations. But at the same time, it's just like, but they're not, you know, when they line up at the end of the game, you saw that that, that last touchdown. All that is is spread the deck. You, you see where Tony McRae is, and then you run up, go up to the corner and yeah, see if right. you can hit him. I mean, and that's exactly what happened. <laughs> right. Somebody tweeted to you, I think today, Chris. I think you, I think I either saw it in your mentions or you retweeted it that the the the, the person thought. You know, basically, Matt Patricia's defense is as good as its worst corner on the yep. field, right? Like that was pretty. That's a pretty good. That's a pretty accurate <laughs> statement. I feel like, yeah. and a lot of times with the way they they handle some of this stuff, it just, I you know, it doesn't make a lot of sense that the roster has limitations or certain things they just aren't, you know, aren't capable of doing in full, especially when they're when they're all banged up like that. 
Um, and there's just this situational stuff, and it's not the situational drills or whatever that they work in practice. It's what are you doing in a game? You know, the game is different. You have to. It's he's not the defensive coordinator anymore. There's not somebody standing next to him to filter everything through anymore. You know, it's like, and these are the moments where everyone's looking to you, and you've got to be able to make that decision, and you've got to be able to make sure also offensively that you don't turtle, that you continue to, you know, push things, you continue to keep things moving forward. Because I mean, like we said earlier at the very beginning. They could have blown them out. They could have blown that game open, uh, you know, a bunch of different times that obviously should have never gotten to the point that it got to. But uh, as, it, as it was happening, it just sort of felt like, well, obviously it's going to get to this point because they're going to make, you know, these ridiculous errors that they can continue to make. And they're not going to they're not going to adjust beyond it. And it's just like, how many more times does this sort of thing have to keep happening before, you know, they're out of answers? I mean, that's the thing. It's like when you look back over the years at like Bill Belichick's career, right? When we say, you know, he when he was in Cleveland, and this is years and years and years ago, obviously, there were there were things that happened there where he held true to his principles of how he thought the game should be called, how roster, how the roster should be built, all these things. And at times it didn't work. There were other circumstances that impacted that, but he kept sticking with it, sticking with it, sticking with it. And famously in the beginning of his New England tenure, same thing. They were struggling. People wanted him fired, and then one day it started working, and it never stopped. And like Patricia, I feel like is probably thinks this is the same type of thing, uh, but I don't think he's going to get that kind of rope. So like, I, I just it's hard to come up with an answer for why it continues to happen or why it happened again. But uh, you know, it just yeah. at some point you got to wonder if it is what it is. Well, that, and that's that's sort of the difficult thing because you, they, like you said, I think Patricia and Quinn's argument to ownership has been. It's we're building mm-hmm. towards this, and eventually it's going to turn the corner. But right, it's really hard to sit here, like you wrote. I mean, this is year three. People are pretty much out of patience at this point. You just blew a seventeen-point home lead against a uh, maybe an not okay team. Bears team. Yeah. <laughs> like I don't well, think that's a great not team. Not on that day. Not on I that mean, day. I mean, yeah, that's right. yeah. I mean, it, we were at the end of the third quarter, kind of wondering like. Did Mitch Trubisky win this quarterback job in a poker game? Like, how? Why is he even on the field right now? And then he lights it up in the fourth. So, uh, but it's tough to just keep saying, "Well, wait for it, wait for it, wait yeah. for it," because the number of the number of Bill Belichick success stories mm. uh, are, are not no. yeah. not too high. I mean, it's sort of the same. Like, even like if you wanted to take it into the local market, like maybe maybe with some patience, you get a get a Mark D'Antonio story, you get a yeah. John Beeline story, but <laughs> you've got to wait a little bit. And I don't know how much longer you can wait in the NFL. This has got to start clicking pretty soon. Um, but we've still got a lot to go on the defense. We can go back to that because I you, I feel like we need to talk about the offense too. <laughs> right. um, and the drop at the end is brutal, obviously. I mean, that game, that, that should have been the winner. But uh, i go back to the possession before that one mm-hmm. the bears are had just pulled within three like again the weird atmosphere in there with no fans their sideline started like you know blowing up hooting yeah. and hollering like yeah. they're they're making like you could hear them trying to make noise to distract the lions yeah. offense when they're lined up for snaps just really strange uh but you know the momentum's clearly shifted the lions you know bears still at all three timeouts still the two-minute warning Tons of time in an NFL game. So you get the sense the Lions have got to put a drive together. And they trot out on the field as we're waiting for the possession to start. Two tight ends, one wide receiver, mm-hmm. Jason Cabinda. <laughs> and you know what's coming. You know what they're going to do on first yeah. and second down. And then they do that. 
Third down, they bring the fullback off. They throw the receivers out there. Matthew Stafford fires an interception. And obviously the interception can't happen. Stafford can't do that. It's a bad throw into coverage. Two defenders right there. You know, you can't make that mistake. But those first and second down play calls just kill me. And I don't yeah. – it goes back to the same thing we were just talking about. Like this is this is how Matt Patricia feels like he has to finish these games off by going back to, you know, 1980s Big Ten football and just <laughs> running it down your throat. And it, it hasn't worked. And you've yeah. got a quarterback, your franchise quarterback. Uh, you've got all these weapons. I just don't get it. I You could see – it wasn't going to work. Like there was the chances of Peterson popping one there and getting a first down when everyone knew he was going to run. Like, I mean, you're playing against the odds to a large degree there. Yeah. I just like, I don't know if we call it stubbornness or arrogance or whatever it is, but it's like, it's this, it's this thing that's like deep in there where they feel like, you know, they've got to prove to themselves that they can just grind a team off the field. Like we even saw it in the drive prior I think it was the drive prior where Stafford took the sack and they were running the ball yep. and, and, mm-hmm. and, and they were moving the ball on the ground and they call the rollout and he takes the sack and it's a terrible, you know, decision, obviously, and not Stafford's best day. But I kind of I kind of got the sense that at the end of the first half, even, you know, when they kind of botched that two minute drill and the Bears botched theirs worse and they got the ball back and went down and scored that. You know, they found out that they were moving the ball a little bit. They found out that Hawkinson was going to be kind of a factor. And I just kind of said to myself, I'm like, they're just going to try to run this thing out the rest of the way. They're sloppy. Like, we we expect that a little bit. But when the chips are going to come down here, you kind of thought, at least I did, like, they're just going to keep that fullback out there and try to grind this out because they think they can do it. And I don't know if that's going to work. Like, you know, you're taking the ball out of literally the best part of your team when you do that. And, and, and while there were positives... I think in the run game, and I don't want to just completely say that there weren't, you know, sure. Ragnall was great. Uh, I think Peterson showed a lot. I think the running backs, for the most part, beyond that last drop, you know, kind of did their job. Cabinda uh, so, played pretty well. Cabinda yeah, was effective. Yeah, had, had threw some really nice blocks. So, I mean, there was parts of it that really did work, but it just felt like they were just sort of lying to themselves and leaning on something that was sort of okay when, you know, if you're just, if you're staying aggressive in that situation and continuing to push forward with, you know, making them defend everything. I mean, Stafford said it. They played they played too high, like 80% of the game. And obviously, we can go back and look at that when everything comes out. But, I mean, I'm going to trust Stafford's opinion on that with his memory. He said it after the game. They were, they, were, they were back the whole game. They were trying to take everything away over the top. You know, which meant that you could have moved the ball. Like, they were giving you space to move the ball if you wanted to, you know, take shots and throw it. I think by, the, by that point in the game, Stafford had gotten better with you know, getting the ball out, he looked like he was seeing the field a little bit more, and obviously at the end he was pressing, but it's just this sort of stubbornness to try to say we're, we're calling this game this way because this is the game plan that we devised during the week, and I am not deviating off of it no matter what. And to a degree, and in, a theory, in theory, like in a vacuum, yes, that is probably how it should be, you know, it should be called. But, I mean, there comes a point in every single game where you've got to make decisions that you know, for things that just weren't scripted, things that just weren't, you know, planned for, prepared for, and they just don't do that. And that's really difficult to understand. And it's impossible to blame on anybody other than Matt Patricia, because it's his sideline. I mean, it's just, you know, it's, it's one of these things that if it were a completely different staff and everybody else or whatever, I mean, if he's still the head coach, I mean, these decisions are still coming from him and the look and feel of how they finish games it just, it doesn't, I mean, it makes, it, it's so weird, Chris, because it makes sense, 
but it also doesn't. Like, it makes sense if your roster is good enough to handle these things, but the roster's not. And, like, that's part of the problem here that they just refuse to sort of accept, I guess. It's, it's hard to square, you know, why they do some of the things they do. I don't, I don't even mind necessarily that they ran on that possession. Right. I just, I don't I either, just really. mind... I just mind showing everyone that that's what you're going to do exclusively (laughs) on the first two downs because the possession before that until Stafford took that sack actually was a pretty good drive for the circumstances. The defense came up with a stop. The bears had like a fourth and 41, I think. uh, And they punted. And then, you know, the lions, it was like, they got the ball seven, eight minutes left. They took four minutes off the clock. They got Mm -hmm. into fuel goal range. Um, And if Stafford just throws that ball away, maybe that drive continues. Maybe they, you know, I don't know that Prater necessarily makes it from 50 when he missed from 55, but it was a close enough miss that there's a, you know, maybe those five yards make a difference. And right. uh, you sort of look at the end of the game a, a little differently because I think that was a good drive. They kept, they didn't necessarily just, you know, sit on it entirely. They threw a little bit and, and kept the chains moving. And then, uh, but it's, it's just, yeah, it goes back to there's, it goes back to really everything we've talked about with this organization under this regime. Like they have such a narrow, it just feels like they have such a narrow vision for what's going to get them to victories. And they haven't, I don't want to say they've never gone outside that because I think we've seen them make some, you know, draft picks that were a little surprising, make some hires that were maybe a, a little off the beaten path a bit, but it just feels like, as you said, when push comes to shove, they're going back to what they think maybe has always worked or will, or eventually has to work for them to be successful. I'm not sure what, which to, whether you go to the past or the future for what they're trying to do here, maybe a little bit of both. But, yeah, I mean, you just get back into these patterns where you can tell what's going to happen. And um, and it all kind of works hand in hand. Like to At that point, you're up by three. There's two and a half minutes left. You know the Bears are going to have four times to stop the clock. And your defense is absolute – I mean, you could yeah, see what was happening with the defense. Like, you, they're, you're down here, right. last three corners. The pass rush isn't doing anything, really, uh, other than the Flowers sack. That was, I mean, about the only time they got home without bringing extra pressure. Um, you've got you've to try and stay aggressive there and go – one first down really wasn't even going to do it there. You have to go get one or a couple first downs, exactly. frankly. So you, there's no point to, you know, pull Amendola off the field and and, uh, man, it's just <laughs> it's it's really frustrating to watch because you could just see it coming, and I think everyone watching could see it coming. You know, and not just because it's the Lions, and not just because there's this constant black cloud <laughs> over everything, yeah. but because from a football standpoint, you could see the Bears had gained the momentum. The offense had found something because of the Lions personnel and their coverage strategy. And and it, it, Detroit really needed to, that, that dagger time mantra they'd been talking up, they really needed to go for it. And, yeah. and they didn't. And you end up where you end up. And that's the thing is it's like, you know, when you're out there with the fullback and everything and you're trying to, you're obviously trying to tell yourself in those moments, and I'm sure in Patricia's head at this, you know, obviously you don't know what he's thinking, but I'm sure somewhere in there he's thinking – you know, he and Bevel both are probably thinking, hey, if we can salt this away here with, with the heavy stuff and prove to ourselves and everybody, you know, the offensive line, prove to the team, prove to ourselves that we can play like this, then this is where we want to, you know, this is where we want to go anyway. We can prove it to ourselves right here. We can salvage this thing. And we can get out of here. However, 
that's not the time to be <laughs> to, to be trying these things to prove like <laughs> certain theories to yourself about where you think you're going. Your job is to win the game. You have weapons on this team that could have helped you, you know, in that situation or made it at least more difficult. You just they're just they just gave the ball back. You know, I mean, the interceptions, whatever, like you said at the very beginning, but like the first two downs were just lit on fire. They just burned them. I mean, it was like, obviously, you bring the fullback in. We know what you're doing here. Like, it's not, there's no secrets. They know on the other side. Matt Nagy's coached against Matt Patricia plenty of times. He knows what's going on. And that's the other thing to remember here, too, are these coaches that have coached against the Lions. They know exactly what this is going to be when, when it comes down to winning time. When it comes down to gut check time and it's time to make something happen, he's going to be in man coverage. And you're going to be able to take advantage of that. And offensively, if they have a lead, they're going to try to milk it out with the run game. Everyone knows it. Like, that's that's the thing now at this point where there are no surprises anymore uh, at all. It's it's incredibly predictable. And I feel like other, you know, opposing teams have been able to come in here or on the road and basically get wins backing in themselves because they're just waiting for you know, the exact same scenario to, to repeat itself and for the exact same situation to happen. And that's, it just continues to where you can say, you know, I trust these guys. I trust these guys. I, you know, we believe in each other. We believe in each other. And that all may be true, but at the end of the day, like, you know, you've got to be able to make decisions within a game that is going to best take advantage of what you have at your disposal. And they just don't do that. And that's, it's, it's like, it's the weirdest thing because, you know, you know that they know the roster better than anybody, you know, anywhere. But, like, then why do you keep putting them in situations like this? You know, why do you keep trying to force... It's not round peg into square hole, but sometimes it certainly feels like that. And it feels like that in really critical moments, I guess, is probably the biggest takeaway. And um, he's got to fix... I mean, he's got to fix it or this is going to be done. I mean, that's just the long and short of it. I mean, it's just like, it's got to change really fast. And now you're really up against it, obviously, but you know, these moments and these situations, you know, the Patriot way, all this stuff, it all works if you have the roster, you know, that that fully and completely is in tune with everything you're doing. And, you know, they're just not there. And, and to, to sort of pretend that they are is a bit of a reach in my mind. And I don't I don't really understand it. Yeah. And I mean, I think I, it was Trubisky. It might have been Trubisky or Allen Robbins. Somebody said what you just said. Like we knew eventually they were going to go into man. We yep. knew when they knew when they had to, they were going to go to man because that's what they that's what Matt Patricia likes to play in those spots. I can't remember which one of them said yep. it, but you know they said it. They basically knew if they got maybe if it had stayed, you know, twenty three to six, the Lions played out as is. But when it got to twenty three thirteen and twenty three twenty, you knew they were going to be a man. So they looked mm-hmm. for, like you said, they looked for. You just put Anthony Miller out to the sideline. You know he's going to have Tony McRae on him, and you take your shot. And if it doesn't work, all right, you're second down in in a field goal range to tie the game. Uh, so there's that part of it. I mean, I think some of it I, – I don't want to put – I think a lot of it goes on the coaches. I don't think you can yeah. put 100% of it on the coaches. I mean, again, you know, even right. after running – not to go back to that, that three-play sequence because I, I don't want to put too much on that either, but – you know, it, in theory, you have built enough of this offensive line. You've got Peterson, the fullback's playing well. You would think you can get two, three yards per carry, even yep. in those situations. Put yourself in third and four, and then let Stafford go complete a pass. And on the other, and you don't end up with any of that. You get, you don't you don't get any movement on first or second down. Stafford ends up forcing a ball into coverage, and you turn it over. And so I think at some point you also look at it's the same thing with the you know the swift 
drop at the end. Like right. at some point, somebody's got to make a play. How many That's interceptions true. did they drop Sunday? At right. least two or three. I mean, if you yeah, want to count two, the yeah. one uh, that Walker Walker made a really good play on the play action, and you know, I don't know if you count that as a drop, but Coleman had one that tipped in the air. It was just a you know lollipop to him, and he couldn't come down with it. So they had some opportunities to make those plays. The fumble. Trubisky loses and the Bears dive on it. I mean, all these little plays that, uh, you know, yeah. somebody's got to make a play. Like, it, <laughs> as much as you can put on the coaches, and and I think that that's why, uh, you know, we've talked about this too. Like, there's – I think there's such a thin line in the NFL between winning and losing, and they kind of narrow it even more uh, because of the decisions they make. So you really walk in the tightrope the entire game where if you don't get that one play in the middle of the third quarter, you can kind of feel that it's going to come back and burn you later because you don't have that uh, safety net underneath. You just have to have everything work out exactly the way you mapped it out or there's just not enough adjustment being made. So, um, I don't. I mean, offensively, other than that, other than yep. the you know sort of last five minutes, what do you think of of what the Lions did uh, in building that twenty three to six lead? I mean, I think there was some positives to take away from it, and there was some stuff that you know you could probably overreact if you wanted to, but I would probably you know caution against that for folks like Stafford. That was not Stafford's best game, and he was a little more rusty than I think I probably expected him to be. But then when I thought sort of thought about it afterward, I was like, I don't know why I expected it to be more. I mean, like he was. He, you know, threw some good balls. Some some were a little off. But for the most part, you know, I just thought there were times early in the game where maybe he wasn't getting it out as fast as he probably – or as he normally does. Um, you know, and I think those are things that maybe as, as the year goes on here and after he sort of settles in after one game, gets hit a few times, that sort of stuff I think should correct itself out. And obviously the Bears are doing a lot to try to take away uh, everything over the top. But I thought obviously like Stephus – got a chance and, and showed that he can hang. I mean, I think that's positive. I think, you know, you've got something with TJ Hawkinson. You know, we saw that in camp. What we saw in camp from, from Hawkinson, I think, was real. Um, you know, they used motion a couple times to get him moving and get him against the linebacker, and there was the linebacker had no chance. I think it was Trevathan or whoever he was running against. So that's good. You know, I think that uh, on the offensive line, you know, Decker, I think, was really solid in pass pro. I think Ragnow was awesome. The guards were, like, good enough to sort of, like, hang on. And I think that with Jonah Jackson, you're you're going to take that and you're going to say, okay, well, he survived his first one without an offseason. He's a rookie. It wasn't a disaster. It wasn't great, but it wasn't, like, a nightmare. But it's – I think it's okay. It's going to be okay. Joe Dahl was hit or miss. But it, I think, you know, you can – as good as Ragnow is, I think the offensive line still has a chance to be – you know, a, a plus, I, I would say. I don't know about great, but good. I, I think the backs, you know, there's a lot of things. I mean, Peterson, you know, some of the cuts he's making at 35 looked much better than maybe people would have thought. I think at one point in the third or fourth quarter, we're all sitting there wondering what was Washington doing cutting this guy? Because, I mean, <laughs> yeah. like, he's still, yeah. you know, we you know we knew his vision would be good, but, I mean, he's still he's still finding every hole and taking advantage of everything he can at the, at, 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 you know, he's going to nitpick himself. But, I mean, he looked good to me. Um I was actually encouraged by Kerryon Johnson, even though it wasn't great on the ground and you'd like to see him make more of the carries that he got. He was great in pass pro. I think he, you know, accepted his role, went in there, did exactly what they asked him to do. Swift was good in pass pro for a rookie, to be honest, uh, and the times he was in there. And Swift actually, I thought, played okay until the last drop. So when you look at everything across the board, I think offensively there's still a lot to be, you know, sort of hopeful about, even though it wasn't perfect. You didn't have Kenny Galladay. Stafford's going to be a little rusty here. 
Vitae didn't play, so the offensive line is going to have to, you know, they did, you know, bring, or they did keep James in quite a bit like we thought. I think at one point, did Matt Nelson check in as an extra tight end? Uh, he did. played two snaps. Yeah, Matt Nelson played two snaps right. yesterday. So, so they helped a lot. They, they were keeping people in to help a lot with that, and they're going to probably have to continue with that. But overall, offensively, there was a lot there for a first game without an offseason and, you know, without really any time to prepare. You know, the timing was probably a little off, but that's something that I think can repair itself in time. I was, I came away probably feeling okay about the offense, even though it wasn't. They didn't light the scoreboard up, but I think there's there's certainly room to grow there, and it's it's certainly nothing that stuck out to me that was like, oh my god, they, there's, they're not going to be able to overcome this. It seems like they're trending at least maybe in the right direction, and I would think that that'll get better as time goes on. There was they left points in the field, but I, I'm not panicked. I don't think at all about the offense right now. No, I mean I think they're going to score, and again, they, you know. I know teams make adjustment in game, but that all the more reason that the fourth quarter is so inexplicable to me is because for the yeah. third quarter, it looked like Bevel could have called anything he wanted for a while there, and it would have yeah. worked. Like he really seemed like he found a groove with his play calling. Stafford settled in a little bit. He said, "I don't think he played." Uh, that certainly wasn't the best we've seen from, from Stafford, but it wasn't it wasn't terrible. I mean, there was a couple of throws that were. Uh, aside from the interception that were pretty dangerous he tried to squeeze into some some pockets and um you know some of those that maybe looked like they are more dangerous because they went to Quintez Cephas when they mm-hmm. would have been going to Kenny Galladay in a normal yeah. uh right. game and maybe Galladay comes down with one or two of those but yeah I mean I think Hawkinson was great I, w- I thought Taylor Decker had a really solid game yeah uh, right. especially given you know he when they moved Khalil Mack to that side he really st- I mean, he, he won fine. a lot of those yeah. matchups, I think, uh, in pass protection. Um, I, I do think Stafford felt that pass rush maybe uh, maybe more than yeah. he Especially needed at the to. End. Or, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> maybe, well, maybe more than he either needed to or would in a normal year. Like, I don't know if that goes back to just not having mm-hmm. the offseason or having the preseason, but I thought he looked a little more... Um, a little more rushed in the pocket, even even knowing Khalil Mack was getting Tyrell Crosby one on one and and flying around the edge. I thought he looked a little more rushed in the pocket than he normally would. We didn't see him take uh, quite as many of those shots. You know, even with the Bears playing too deep, a lot of those times when Stafford's in trouble, he's just going long and seeing yeah. what happens. And we yeah. didn't really see any of that. So I, I think some of that is just you know him him getting settled in. But yeah, I mean, I think the offense is going to score, especially when you put Galladay back in there like that. They're going to put up points. They're going to move the football. They should keep them in most games that they're going to play this year. So you kind of go back to the other side of things exactly. and to the coaching and try to figure out, is there some way, like you've got yeah, you've got the Packers coming up Sunday. You've got to go to the Cardinals the week after that. Then you've got the Saints. Is there any chance the defense figures this out in time to prevent an 0-4 start, even if the offense is great? <sighs> Yeah, I mean, because that's it. You're going to have to win shootouts now. I mean, I, I feel like going forward because you only get to play Mitch twice. I mean, like that's, you know what I mean? And like maybe we that's can talk good. about, yeah, right. Maybe that's good. But we can talk about the end of the game all we want. Like, you know, and again, this is something too where we say, okay, well, you know, everybody's offseason was shaky and people need time to settle in. But let's not pretend that there wasn't, you know, there weren't yards to be had that the Bears just left on the field in the first three quarters of the game. I mean, like, oh, yeah, there absolutely. were many windows that Aaron Rodgers is hitting in that, in that situation or Cousins is hitting or whomever and that Trubisky missed. I mean, and that's across the board. I mean, we talk about, you know, Trufant, I thought, 
in the second half anyway, it seemed like he started to get, you started to feel him around the ball a little bit more as, as sort of the game went on. But when they were in man earlier in the game, and he had to or match or whatever it was, and if and he's trailing a guy, I mean, there were a couple times where he's two or three, you know, two steps behind. He's not there, or you know, maybe Harmon was a step late coming up, and there was a lot of stuff. Will Harris, I mean, like that's a whole separate issue completely and totally. Will Harris's tackling was about as bad as it could have been in a situation, but it also brings about two questions. There is. You knew that tackling was going to be bad in this situation because no one's hit live, and you know that Will Harris isn't that good of a player. Like, why is why is he on the field this much? He starts the game over Tracy Walker, and I know that's a nitpicky type thing because Walker ends up playing a ton. I think he might even played more. I don't know if he, he played did. More yeah, or less. he played two two steps more than yeah, but than like, Harris, so what are they were both doing? out there eighty percent of the. I mean, Harris played eighty percent of the right. defensive snaps, and right, like you said, the tackling was just. Ugh, yeah. just egregiously bad. Both in, I mean, he had the one where he went flying out. Was it, might have been Montgomery. Yeah, I don't know who caught it by the, the sideline. Yeah. Went Cullen. flying out after him and, and just totally whiffed. He bounced off a couple in the hole. I mean, it was, hey, he made one one good play in coverage on Jimmy Graham. Yeah. Uh, and everything else was on the other side of the ledger, basically. Yeah. And, I, and I wrote, I like, uh, as we have a post going up shortly as we're recording here, you know, some observations. I if I don't know if this is gonna end up being the case, but it almost feels like you're just trying to hang on till week four when J. Ron Curse gets back and then you're like plug yeah. him into that spot and hope it's a little better. But I don't know what you do with Harris at that point. They seem to like him more than yes. anyone else watching would suggest that they like him. And, I, and you know, he wasn't the only problem, but certainly there's uh there were some issues there. And that feels like a hold your breath on curse, right? Like there wasn't anything oh, yeah. that we saw Absolutely. from him that was like, oh, he's going to be that much better. Maybe he is, but like I, I can't say that with any certainty. And like we, like again, we knew the tackling would be bad, but that was not. That was something far south of bad. It was terrible. <laughs> I mean, like it yeah. wasn't even close a couple times. Tavai wasn't much better. I mean, like it was. Uh, they just they had issues with a lot of that stuff. Awarie had issues with tackling as well. Um, you know, I don't know. I mean, there's, it's a shaky defensive backfield anyway. It's a shaky, you know, secondary as is. They kept all the extra guys on purpose. They knew that guys were going to be hurt. I said to somebody last night, Okuda should just take his time coming back because the last thing he needs is to come in here as a rookie against Aaron Rodgers on day one and get lit up. I mean, the other way would be, I guess, if he comes in and is a revelation and is awesome, which, you know, you'll take that. But at this, I mean... Just not a lot, not a lot of good stuff to lean on here. I mean, Justin Coleman looked okay, but he barely played. So, like, I mean, hopefully for the Lions, that's a nice sign that if he can get back and play and play a full game, maybe, you know, he's in a better place or, or whatever. He did look good when he was out there, but he barely played. So, you know, I, I mean, the back end is the back end. It's it's what we thought it would be, I, I feel like, and no surprises there. It just felt exactly how we thought it would go. Uh, everyone, we all we all sort of thought that's how it would go. I'm not sure they did, uh, but that's probably part of the problem here. Yeah, it's it's hard to even judge it, honestly. I mean, like you said, I don't think Trufant was great in the first half, but... Um, it was good enough. I mean, it was... Getting, it was fine. Yeah, yeah right. I mean, it's the first half of his game, of a game for a team he's never played for before. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, you know, and he was tackling, at least. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, I, so I think it was fine, and I think he did seem like he was going to settle in. I, I did think Oruwariye was all right. I thought Daryl Roberts was all right when he was out there. But, yeah, I mean, you're looking at uh, hamstring injuries. Maybe you're back on Wednesday for practice. Maybe you're out for five weeks. I mean, yeah. those things are pretty pretty uh, finicky. And... Um, 
So, uh, yeah, uh, maybe you end up with Okuda covering Devontae Adams one-on-one yeah. Sunday um, in his debut, or uh, I don't know. They have to go pick some guys off free agency. I, I think they're going to be piecing that together for at least a couple weeks. But, um, yeah, I mean, that always seemed like it was going to be kind of hold your breath. I I think for me the biggest thing you go back to, I mentioned it, Like, there's just not – Trey Flowers had the sack. I thought he got in the backfield a couple times. Yes. Deshaun Hand had one or two moments where he got in there. Um, you know, Shelton stood up a couple run plays. And then Julian Okora came in at the end. He only played seven snaps. I think it felt like all of them were in the fourth quarter. I, I'm not positive, mm-hmm. but I think at least five or Most six of those been, seven yeah, were yeah. in the fourth quarter. Um, and he was in the backfield twice. He helped yep. force that sack. He had the other one where he... Uh, came clean on on Trubisky and Trubisky escaped and got outside and threw uh, past a Graham. But, um, you know, you kind of feel that impact. Like he almost needs to be a 20, 25 snap per game guy like we had talked about him mm-hmm. maybe being because it's just nothing else up there. They didn't they didn't look – I don't know that they looked worse up front than they did last year, but I didn't feel like they had made leaps and bounds improvement uh no up front so and that's kind of all plays that's the same thing that we talked about throughout last season like if you're not pressuring the quarterback uh you're kind of leaning back and relying on your coverage relying on some guys to make plays back there and I do think that's a lot of what Matt Patricia wants to do you know that that bend don't break philosophy is very real for Matt Patricia I think uh yes you know just force teams into mistakes but um you've got to have guys that can capitalize on those mistakes and I yeah it's it right. looked a little shaky, uh, and at That's the same the time, thing. they gave up six points for three quarters. So I don't know. I don't know how to read right. the defense. I mean, the whole thing is the way they play defense. If the roster is perfectly in tune with what he wants to do, they'll be one of the top five defenses in the NFL. I mean, I have no doubt. In, the way they play makes sense if your roster can handle what you're asking them to do. But it can't, and like that's the situation that's been happening here. And that's the thing where I sort of got confused at times last season when, you know, we would sort of read between the lines or read the tea leaves and you'd say, do they think that they're like at Auburn and this is year two of a year five program? Like, what is happening right. here? Like, that's the thing that is is hard for me to sort of understand because like what, what, like what you just said, I mean, there are stretches where it does work and it should work because in, in theory, a lot of times the decisions they make, you know, they make sense. I mean, like, but it's just... I just sometimes I don't know. I mean, like you know, like you said earlier. I mean, when you put, when you're down to your last, to the bottom of the barrel in your corners, and you're you're up against it, and you're just going to stand there in man coverage and hope that Mitch Trubisky misses, like that's not winning football. Like that's not waiting for the other team to flinch. That's you giving them free yards and you just giving them points because the guy that you have out there just isn't ready. And like if if you're or or he's just not capable. I mean, like that's sometimes that's part of it too. So I don't know. I mean, it's. It's a bit more of the fitting the, the the square peg into the round hole, and it still keep it still keeps happening. I mean, like we talk about a lot of the we haven't even talked about Jamie Collins getting a job. I was going to say we should play. mention that that was a pretty big moment that kind of <laughs> yeah. got overshadowed. I mean, that's a guy yeah. that you're banking on to be kind of a do everything linebacker for you, and you lose him in the was it the second quarter? Or did yeah, that, you know, yeah. for the gentle headbutt to the referee's shoulder. I mean, just. Another one of those, you know, things that he just like can't really believe uh, are happening if they didn't happen all the time to this football team right. for some reason, and uh, that's a big piece to lose. And I think that's probably why um, 
you know, as they move forward in that game, there was Reggie Ragland was on the field a lot in third downs. They played mm-hmm. three safeties almost. I mean, they both all three safeties were on the field for eighty yep, percent yeah. of the snaps or high. Harmon never came off the field, so you know, losing Collins certainly is a, a big hit. Like I said, I think Julian Okora, once he's at full strength, will be uh, a guy that you can count on at least to give you some pass rush. So. If you get Okuda back, if you get some of these cornerbacks healthy, I mean, I, I still think there's a chance that this looks a lot better than it did last year. But yeah, um, yeah. Uh, but again, not to circle back to the theme too much here, but you've also got to give it a chance to look yes. better. You can't yeah. get to these moments, these crunch time moments, and just rip up the playbook and say we're going back to the one thing. We're doing this ex- one thing over and over right. again. And that's um, the thing that I, I remember last year when like Slay would – talk about I mean Slay complained a lot but like you know what he talked about you know we just keep doing the same stuff right yeah it's the same st- I remember he said something like that in like week four or five somewhere in there it was really vague and it was one of these like what are you talking about but you know as time goes on you're like no that I get it like that's exactly what he's saying everyone knows what we're going to do like it's almost like these guys are walking up to the line of scrimmage and the other uh, offense is like well here we go again good luck you know like if you guys are gonna keep trying this stuff uh, yeah, you got to give him a better chance. And maybe it does. Maybe Jamie Collins on the field for four quarters helps. And maybe, you know, you get out of some of the situations that you were in. And, you know, maybe Okuda is ready for this more than we maybe think he might be. I don't know. But, you know, those are things that are that are, that are are questions we don't have the answer to because it's not possible at this point. But what we do know is that they just didn't give themselves the best chance to finish that game out in the fourth quarter. And there's nobody, including Matt Patricia, who you know, got sort of, I don't know what you want to call it, but did revert back in an answer to a question about his decisions that oh, I thought God, was a bad look. Answer. And you can't give yeah. that answer. You can't say that, well, in the Super Bowl in 2014, I made a Nobody cares. Nobody here cares, man. Like, that's, that's and I get it, and it's true, and he did make that call, and he should have credit for that, but nobody here is going to want to hear that. That that should have been a next question, moving on answer you're playing right into all of those narratives that people are convinced about you anyway. And, you know, that was, that was, I don't know if I, what I would say, what, what word I would use, uh, disappointing to hear that maybe would be the, would be the best. And I get it. It's in the heat of the moment. It's right after a game. It's crushing loss, everything else. But I, I would bet you that when he cooled off Sunday night, he might've said, maybe I shouldn't have said that because that that's, that's not a great look. That's not a great look as we sit here today. So I don't know. Well, let me. Then this might be too big a big a picture question too. Um, but as we kind of wind down here, so we've talked now for two plus seasons about how they can't get you know, like you said with Slay. He said we only we didn't mix and match coverage. We didn't disguise things as much as we needed to. And we've heard Devontae Adams, who I have now mentioned a couple times, has said that about this offense too. He said, you know, we know what they're going to show us. We know what they're mm-hmm. going to do, so we go run our stuff. And the Bears said it again. Is this? A coaching issue do you think is this a a GM issue like why are they bringing in why do they have so many guys that they maybe don't trust to do the more exotic stuff when they're in the final 10 minutes of the fourth quarter like where is where are they where is the missing link here between what they're doing in the first three quarters because they've been a if you just eliminate the fourth quarter of the yeah. Matt Patricia era, they're good. A, a good team. <laughs> and then the fourth quarter comes and it all goes to hell. Uh, so what is happening there? Is this personnel? Is this is this all coaching? Is this just they still have too many guys on this roster who aren't 
good enough football players? Like, I don't know how to figure this out. I think it's tied together because I think they're 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 selecting players and signing players and adding players with specific traits and skill sets and job assignments and things like that in mind, I feel like. And sometimes it works out and sometimes it doesn't. And when it doesn't, there's sort of no, well, what now? There's no, like, what do we do? This didn't work out. Like, Will Harris is, you know, Will Harris was a pretty high draft pick. It's not really working out, but what do we do with him otherwise? Well, I guess we got to keep hammering it until it works out. I mean, like, those are... And that's one example in one game, and maybe Will Harris will turn it around. Who knows? But, like, that's kind of how I look at it and see... You know, I feel like everything they do, Quinn and Patricia is sort of linked. Uh, I mean, I feel like that's sort of agreed upon, right? Like, there's consulting from both on who... You know, who comes in here is... You know, who comes in here and who leaves. Um, You know, we know we've talked a ton about the... You know the guys they've shipped out of here for reasons that sometimes are head scratchers, but kind of come down to you either buy into their philosophy or you don't. And, you know, I feel like they do all these things and they just give themselves no margin for error. And when something doesn't go exactly according to plan, they don't have an answer. And like, and that, that is pretty much what happens in the fourth quarter every time too, right? I mean, it's like if they get to the fourth quarter, and everything has been on plan until, you know, that weird shaped football bounces the other way that you can't predict. They don't know what to do. Like that's so it's it, to me, it, it just still feels like it's equal shares of both where it's, you know, the personnel decisions at times. Some have been good. Some have been incredibly. What are you doing? Uh, there's rarely anything in the middle. It's either <laughs> it's either make a good, a really good move. Yeah. Or what the hell was that? There's really never anything in the middle. And then it's the same during a game where it, it gets to a point where you've made good decisions to keep yourself in position to win a game because you're an NFL football team and your talent level is pretty much the same as the guy across from you. So everybody's going to be in a pretty good spot until it comes time for you know the heat to turn up and let's see what you can do. And that's what wins games in the NFL. The teams that win in the NFL are the teams that do it in the end. They're teams that they win in winning time. Like that's not... The dagger time thing or whatever else is a is a <laughs> slogan that people, you know, they made up or whatever, and people can joke and, and it's corny or whatever. But, like, that's football. Like, if you can't perform in winning time, you are going to be bad. Like, you're just not going to be any good. You can do everything you want to keep yourself head above water through three and a half quarters. But if you get to a one or two score game with seven or eight minutes to go and you're freaking out, like, it's you're not winning. You're, I don't care how bad the other team is. You know, I mean, it's just... You're not going to pull it off, and that happens seemingly almost every time. How many times can we point to the other other way and say, boy, that was a hell of a fourth quarter by Matt Patricia and the guys to come up with some stuff to pull a win out of nowhere? They never do that. They never steal a win from somebody. That never happens. It's always the other way around. So it always ends up being the same exact thing, and it's the same thing with, with I feel like, with the way they select personnel, where it's like it's either it's all or nothing, and if something unexpected happens, they don't know what to do. And they just point to like, well, we need more time. And it's like, well, no, I'm sorry, you're not going to get more time. So like, I mean, it's hard to to square and maybe something will happen where they, you know, we talked to Trey Flowers and Amendola and Harmon and even Adrian Peterson, and you know, who's only been here for a week. And they all say like, I trust, I trust him. I trust Matt Patricia. I know he knows football. And I think he knows football too. I do. I don't think that he's this clueless guy who doesn't know anything about football. I don't think that's the case at all. However, I think he needs, you know, either help or something to make, you know, just more clear decisions with the game on the line because it just doesn't make a lot of sense and everybody knows it. That's the thing that nobody would disagree with that, including the team on the other side of the field every week. And that's 
you know, that's a problem. Yeah, I, I feel like a lot of times on our end of things, in as journalists, we kind of get caught up in trying to be too complex about how we describe things and try to mm-hmm. make sure we're getting every nitty gritty and and try to avoid some of the cliche stuff. But you're right, like just go yeah. make the play in the fourth quarter. <laughs> like just go that's win the game. what yeah. it boils down to. And that, I asked Flowers in our you know the press conference after the game, like how much of this is that your team's not making physically making the plays, and how much of this legitimately at this point is just you know it's just mental like you have to learn how to win those games and he didn't really seem to buy into that Uh, I will stick to my (laughs) argument that I think that some of this is going back to just expecting these things to happen even Mm -hmm. for the even for the guys who haven't been here you know you mentioned those names Harmon and Peterson and they bring in all these new guys but you're still in a spot where I don't know it just even with no fans in the crowd (laughs) There was a point in that oh, game, yeah. two minutes into the fourth quarter, where you could just, it just, the whole energy in the building felt different. And <laughs> I don't even know crazy. where that comes from. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, there was the one point where I'm sitting there and I'm like, I can hear people like being uncomfortable and there's right. no one here. You know right. I mean? Like, so how can you have that happen? <laughs> like, how can you have those palpable momentum shifts in an yeah. empty uh, building? It's just unbelievable. <laughs> But it oh, happened because it yeah. was like, oh, 100%. You totally like, felt it. You're like sitting there and you're like, why does this building suddenly feel like it's on the edge of its seat and there's no one in here? Like, what is happening right now? Right. But that's 100% accurate. That is so true. Great. It's the just nervous energy that just never leaves yeah. that facility somehow. <laughs> oh, man. It's been there since day one. Yeah, I guess. I don't know. Uh, Crazy well, let, day, though. Yeah. For sure. Let's, close, let's just close that real quick because I mentioned I, w- I did want to ask you about just what your experience was because oh. I was on I was up in the press box mm-hmm. with about three or four seats on either side of me uh, in between the next media members. We did all the press conferences on Zoom. Um, yeah. You were in a suite. Yes, <laughs> I was. Three. It's actually pretty uh, nice. Yeah. So what was uh, what was your game day experience? It was uh, it was way better. I don't know. I thought it would be okay, but it was good. I mean, I didn't have any issues with it at all um, in terms of the setup and everything. We were in a suite. There were three of us in there. There were a couple people in like, two suites over. Um, so they had us all kind of staggered out, obviously, in that corner. But the one thing that I guess I wasn't expecting, so they play the music and everything like they would during a normal game, you know, pretty regularly. But we all noticed this. When an injury would happen and they shut everything off, that built, you could hear the refrigerators humming, the yeah, air conditioner yep. kicking. I mean, it was so quiet that I, I, we're sitting up there in, well, like I was in level three in the corner, probably towards the corner of the south end zone there. And I feel like I could have talked at this volume right now and they could have heard me on the field. <laughs> like that's how quiet it got in there. So like that was very strange. And a couple of the guys said, said the same thing. And I almost feel like that's something they're dealing with as well. Like this piped in crowd noise is more... In the stadium, it sounds more like um, like a real soft v- rendition of those vuvuzelas that, from that from that uh, World Cup from <laughs> yeah, years ago. Yeah. Like it's just this weird hum that sort of happens, and it's real low, and it's not that loud. And then when something stops, everything when somebody gets hurt or whatever, everything stops, and the energy in the building just dies. Like nothing. There's nothing. And you know, in a game like football, where you're constantly relying on energy and momentum at home and things like that, that I got to feel like is a pretty big adjustment because that was weird. That was a weird day overall, one of the strangest. Uh, and we knew it would be, right? We knew it would be weird. But yeah. it, was, it lived up to it. 
Yeah, I mean, in terms of covering the game, I thought they handled things about as well yeah, as, as they could have. I mean, it felt it felt safe enough. Mm-hmm. Uh, the food was pretty good. Yeah, <laughs> like yeah. Everything was good job, you know kind sure. of packaged up. Um, but yeah, it was the same thing. And I tweeted out. I couldn't. I was sitting kind of right under one of the big vents that spits out the AC, <laughs> so I can hear that constantly. And I had to. I had to really focus and listen for the crowd noise because I, otherwise I couldn't hear it. I didn't yeah, notice anything really except quiet. the the stuff on the field, the music, the PA announcer, and mm-hmm. and uh, the AC. Yeah, like it was <laughs> the volume was, and then and then at the end of the game, the Bears, like I said, they started yeah, yelling, <laughs> kind of yelling on the sidelines, trying to make noise like uh, I, I don't i've never really experienced that maybe guys do that more often than I think, yeah like a, I, it was like a scrimmage right like i mean if you've if we've watched like a scrimmage with no fans i guess that's probably what it would be like but maybe even more so i don't know yeah it was yeah it was it was, it was interesting. Like a college softball world series game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah right with chanting <laughs> in the bench and banging everything. on the dugout yeah. and stuff it was really <laughs> unusual um <laughs> But yeah, I thought overall it was it was about it went about as smoothly as it could. I think but so. It was fun to it, it. There was sort of this feeling that we shouldn't be there. Yes, <laughs> yes. But it was still fun to go watch football and uh, you know and just sort of take it all in again. I had said to you at some point too, like it felt everything felt like it was happening really quick for yeah. me. Like it felt like I was scrambling a lot more than I usually do, and I don't know if that was just because. It, we, no we missed the preseason, yeah. Yeah. but everything felt like it was happening very fast in the first half. That was if, the only thing for me. It reminded me of those games where, like, um, a college game when you cover, like, when Michigan would start the season against Alabama that one year, or Notre Dame, when they would start the year against a real team, and you would go into that <laughs> right. game and being like, well, I have no idea how any of this is going to go, because we haven't seen anything, right? And you're just everything's like brand new and a mystery and like flying a thousand miles an hour. That's exactly what it felt like. It felt like covering like a power five versus power five college football opener in the early September where no one knew what the hell was going to happen. And I would also say it was probably similar for the teams. And I would also say that what happened in week one in the NFL across the board might not necessarily be indicative of what's going to happen in week two, three, four, and five, because everything was pretty brand new. And so I'm interested to see how next week goes with a lot of teams given that exact situation because nobody really knew what to expect, which in the Bears' case, they knew exactly what to expect in the end, but they didn't know what to expect for the first three quarters. And that's why, uh, you know, you end up where you are. Yeah, Matt Patricia said something similar, which, you know, everything after after a loss sounds like a borderline excuse, whether it is or not, but he right. said the same yeah. thing. You know, we, we didn't have a chance to go do preseason games. We've only been in the building together for – you know, this four twice, weeks. Right? So yeah, it right. was going to be, uh, it was always going to be kind of a feeling out process in week one, and it should get better moving on. I mean, I guess we'll see if it actually gets better or not. Yeah. But they, because they, this is, again, you don't want to throw must win out in September, but they, they got to figure this out. Yeah. Almost immediately yeah. because you can't be 0 and 3, 0 and 4, 1 and 5. Uh, I mean, at that point, no. we're starting to talk about who's going to be the coach in 2021. Right. So, right. And GM, uh, possibly. I mean, that's, yeah. that's what's on the line. I mean, right. that's it. I mean, we had the the forwards said what they said last year. It was weird. It was awkward. I'm still not convinced that it wasn't just to buy themselves more time. Maybe it wasn't. But, Might like, if you're yeah. if you're 1-5 or 0-4, like you said, I mean, then it starts to become something that's too loud to ignore. And that's what the whole focus of the whole thing is going to be. And, you know, that's not good for anybody, including the guys on the team. Right. 
So uh, week two in Green Bay, the Lions somehow are 0-1 despite <laughs> controlling the game against the Bears yeah. <laughs> for three game quarters. Uh, and uh, we'll be back after next week's game to break it all down. As mentioned, you can find one of these years on uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play. Uh, just check around if it's not up somewhere. Um, and I know it's not up on the uh, athletic app. Um, that That's by design. Uh, hopefully we can get in there uh, later on in the year. But we wanted to get out and launch um, for the start of the season. So if it's not up at one of the usual spots where you go listen to podcasts, let us know. We'll try to get a feed in there too. So, uh, But thanks to everyone who has listened again and, and rated and reviewed us. Please uh, keep the feedback coming and we'll uh, be back again next week to see see what happens. what happens i don't know i don't know i never really know what to say about Devontae these adams had 14 catches last week what do we think for uh for next week is that oh number good or we'll see what happens indeed one way or the other yeah. all right uh, well we'll sh- shut up shop there for the <laughs> week so thanks to everyone for listening and we'll talk to you soon